and the way it was running just did not look like any human. Immediately, it felt like someone was watching. Something was watching. We seen some eyes which were glowing a bright red. Welcome everyone. You're listening to this Sasquatch show. Brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. Sit back and enjoy. Okay, well, uh, my name is Bruce McDonald, and uh, my first encounter was uh, in the early 1990s up at uh, our cabin with uh, some buddies. Uh, we had been there two, three days, and there was four of us up there. Two of our buddies had 150-pound uh, uh, king pit bull dogs, which are great dogs. But this one day, they, they sensed something in the bush, and they had taken off from the front yard up this old skitter trail. And uh, after them barking and screaming and yelling for a bit, I kind of walked up the trail to see what was going on, figuring he had found a porcupine or something. And so when I got up to uh, where the dogs were, they had been, they would run into the bush barking and come out yelping, and then go back in the bush and come out yelping. And they did this, the third time they did it, they ran by me scared to death and they took off so i was kind of wondering what was uh what they were barking at because there's moose and whatnot up there and so i kind of went into where they uh where they were going into the bush and i kind of snuck in a little spot and as i got in i looked at about you know 50 feet or so uh, there was this massive reddish dark red dark colored i don't even know what to say it was massive it was no bear it was no grizzly bear i could see its left leg and its left arm its whole head his left shoulder i could not see his right leg but i could see his right arm because he was reached around the tree holding on the tree leaning out looking at me and it was no grizzly bear it was no moose it definitely had four four extremities, two arms, two legs. It did not smell. I didn't smell a thing. And I just stood there and looked at it and was wondering, what the hell am I looking at? Because I'm in the bush all the time, and that ain't no bear. That ain't no moose. And I realized it was after about 30 to 40 seconds of looking at this from 50 feet away, it was time for me to leave. So I just backed out of the trail slowly, back onto the skitter trail, and I got out and I got back to the camp and the boys were asking me what what was with the dogs and I just said it was nothing. Because it was something you you just guess what I just saw. It, it was but I know what I saw. I've been in the bush my whole life. That was no bear. That was no moose. It was no elk. It was uh, pretty uh, eye-opening for me. Did you ever tell your your friends what what you saw? Yes, I did. When we left, about four and five days later, I told them what the commotion was. And did it make? Was there any other signs or or anything like that? No, I I didn't smell anything. I 
I, everybody says they smell so bad and you know, yes, sure. They do smell bad. Cause years later I had another experience where that's all we smelled was this most putrid smell you could ever have, but I didn't smell nothing. But from 50 feet away, I know what I'm looking at. I'm an outdoor guy. I'm not a city boy. And it was a very big creature. It was, I'm six, four and two sixty, And this thing was easily over eight feet, close to nine feet tall. This one was massive. And it had two arms, two legs, a full head, long hair, no pointy ears like bears have. It was just sitting there with his arm around the tree, looking at me quietly. Like it was hiding. Like I didn't see it. And did it make any other kind of gestures towards you? Like, Not that, that, that I personally saw, but I would guess it may have done something to shoo the dogs away because they would go in barking and then come out yelping. So why would they yelp if nothing was swatting at it or so I no, it did nothing to me. It just, I just looked at it face to face from 50 feet away and yeah, that's, and I never felt worried, scared, but I knew it was uh, time to leave. Can you describe its its face a little bit? Like, could, did it have a more of like a, a humanoid looking face or did it kind of look like a caveman type of? It had very, very deep, deep eye sockets. Like they were sunk back. It almost looked like it was a different color into the eye socket from the rest of it. It had a very flat nose and the face, I never saw teeth that, you know, it didn't growl or nothing at me, but, but I could see his arm around the tree and his left arm and his right arm and his left leg, but I could see his right arm and it was a fairly big, you know, 36 inch round tree at that point. And I could easily see his, his right arm around the tree and his left side of his body and his head looking around the other, like he was hanging on the tree looking at me trying not to move like he was part of the tree oh so it was thinking that you couldn't see it is what you, you yeah figure? no totally yeah if it didn't move i didn't see it but i saw it because i went back before we left i went back up there with my gun and what i saw was not at that tree because that was only 150 yards from my cabin so it's not like I got disorientated where where I was. I knew exactly where I was. Were there any other kinds of, of incidents that happened during this trip? During that trip? Yeah, just that one particular. Did, did it make any other, make no. itself known any no. other way? No, not, we didn't hear anything other than that eight, nine days that we were up there. Nothing. That was the one and only for that trip. But there's been other trips up to the cabin that, definitely things of progressed they they like they've come around more they're more comfortable now they kind of know that we're there so things do start to happen oh like do you mind telling us what those are um like loud loud the cabin is boat access only we're in the middle of nowhere there's loud screams in the middle of nowhere um the cabin will, the cabin will lean if there's too much weight on the deck because it's all up on posts. So it will, the cabin's lean. It's like why is it the cabin? And we're all lying in bed and we all feel it. Okay, what's going on? 
one instance, my buddy's daughter heard some noises. They heard noises. His wife did. He asked, she woke him up and said, I hear noises. So he listened, didn't hear nothing. He goes to sleep. She wakes him up again. He, he hears it. He sits on the edge of the bed with a gun all night for a couple hours. Gets up in the morning. His five-year-old daughter asks him to take him to the outhouse. And on the walk to the outhouse, she goes, Dad, those sounds last night, those were the owl, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yo, those are the owl. Yeah. She's like, oh, good. He's like, why? She goes, because I saw a funny face in the window last night. And oh, my wow. cabin's lifted up on stilts. And my windows are four. So a seven-footer, you got to be a, I can't look in them. And this is a five-year-old saying she saw a funny face in the window last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's unnerving. You know, like how do we you... hear we hear turn we hear tree knocking constantly when we're up there where you can hear it. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around. It's boat access only, and it sounds like someone's cutting wood, but really fast. Like you don't have time to pull the axe out after you split that log. You don't have time to pull the axe out. Wow, yeah, wow. That's a uh, that's that's creepy. That, that's very creepy. It's. It, it it's if you're a city person yeah but once you're in the bush and you know what the bush is about you, you don't get worried you you just kind of embrace it and go okay what is going on here and once you start getting solid evidence then you know what's going on it's there's definitely a humanoid creature that i believe migrates and moves around a lot that is up in those areas do you think they follow um game deer elk moose that sort of thing uh, well for, for for me being a fisherman there's a lot of salmon in the river that are dying so that's easy pickings do, do i think they hunt them yes i do and that's what i think they were this one my last uh encounter in december 2020 that's what it was doing it was getting the, the fish out of the river that were, you know, almost dying and stalking the elk at the same time. So this is a, your third encounter. This is my third encounter with, I'm just going to call him Bigfoot. Okay. The man of the wilderness. <laughs> He's a man of the wilderness. Yeah. Would you mind telling us that story? My, la my last story? My, yeah. Or my last encounter? Your last encounter. Yes, please. Okay, that was on uh, December 13th, 2020. I was uh, a couple of days before the end of hunting season in certain regions. And uh, I was with a buddy of mine, and he's more of a, a road hunter type guy, where I'm more of an in the bush guy. We had some intel, some friends that there was a, a big buck close by. So we thought we'd go in and have a look for one, see if we could find it. And uh, we got up to where. Buddy had said he'd seen the buck at night in, in his truck. And uh, I told Buddy to walk up the road for 15 minutes and then turn around it, which would give me a good half hour to get into the bush to the bottom of the mountain where this creek is, turn and then follow the creek down and then come out and maybe I would see the big buck or a buck or, or maybe push one out on the road to him. Um, so I was, he had left and I had headed into the bush. I was in the bush maybe seven, eight minutes. And I came across a couple of elk. So I started taking some video and pictures of the elk. And they could see me. I was only 50, 60 feet from them. They weren't concerned about me. I wasn't worried about them. Spent about 15 minutes 
10 to 15 minutes taking pictures and filming and they kind of meandered off and then I kind of carried on my way to get to where I was going and a couple hundred yards later I ran into a few more elk so I took some more pictures and they're all looking at me and then all of a sudden the elk just turned and bolted they were gone like the triple crown race there wasn't three or four there was 20 of them actually 21 to be exact because I counted when I seen them started running I was like to myself thinking well that's kind of weird they knew I was here but I just let it go I meandered on my way to where I was going I got to the creek I walked down the creek I took a nice video because it's just perfect buck country took some video turned my phone off put it away walked down about another 30 40 feet 10 12 yards thought to myself I'm just going to tuck up to this tree right here because I'm in camo and it's a nice mossy tree and just look on the other side of the creek it was a nice little plateau and sunshine and perfect spot to for for bucks and deer to be and about I would say between six to eight minutes after scanning up the creek and down the creek looking on the other side I was looking down the creek and as I panned down the creek I seen this very large dark two arms two legs creature step out from the tree take two steps and when I seen it I was like what in the is that and it heard me because we were only 60 70 yards apart on one on either side it stopped turned put its left arm up on the tree and it just stood there staring at me and i stared at it and we stared back for had to be 30 40 seconds and i'm looking at it and it's looking at me and then it takes its arm off the tree steps over two steps and kind of crouches down and is hunched and looking at me. And I was like, at that point, I knew something told me it was time for me to leave. So I turned around and I went straight out of the bush to the road. But I was never concerned, worried, feared, thought I was in danger. I just think it knew I was there, but it didn't know where I was. And I caught it moving because I had tucked up into the bush. But the weirdest thing about it is when I was videotaping up the creek and down the creek, when every time I panned down the creek, because the elk were up the creek and they took off, but when I panned down the creek, my phone caught the birds chirping and hundreds of birds going nuts. But I never heard them standing in the bush. I only realized the birds were chirping on my, is when I looked at the video I took. So why did the elk leave? Why did the, why are the birds chirping? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah. And because I know there was, there was fish in that little stream and they're easy picking. It was only about 18 inches deep and that's a spawning channel. But the elk knew I was there for 20 minutes. They weren't worried about me. I never heard the birds chirp once when I was in the bush. Do you think it was hunting these elk? I think it was probably on the trail of them but there was also spawned fish in the still living in the creek so it could have been you know fishing or on its way up to try and because it was on the opposite side of the creek which is a fairly wide creek maybe 20 feet wide than the elk were so i for sure 100 percent, it was definitely scavenging for food one way or another whether it was fish or elk 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Can can you compare it to the to the first one you described? Like, was it bigger? Was it more no, muscular? No. no, it was uh, it was smaller, a lot darker, um, lot lot longer hair, because when it had its arm out, you could see the the hair hanging off the arm. It was a much hair more longer hair, I guess you would say. Um, it it didn't have any ears sticking up. It was just but I could see its eyes. I could see its nose. I could see its legs. I could see its arms. And bears don't pull it, walk out of a, behind from a tree and stand up and put their arms on a tree and look at me for 30 seconds. So I knew right away exactly what it was because I've had experiences with it before. So I knew exactly what it was. And did it do, did it make any other gestures? Did it, did it like wave its arms? Did it do anything like the, cause no, when I, when I had said, what the is that and i'm not a very quiet guy it stopped turned and put its arm on the tree and i seen it i seen it walk out from the tree i seen it stop turn put its arm on the tree and stare at me and then it after like 35 seconds somewhere in that area it put its arm down and it moved over about four or five feet and it just kind of bent its knees a bit like it was getting lower and it just kept looking straight at me so i didn't know really what that meant but to me it was mean time to leave and you didn't hear like a voice in your head or anything like no that. well i heard a voice in my head 100 percent. when i was something told me it was time for me to leave 100 percent. something told me it was time for and i never i was never worried or i had my thousand dollar binox i had everything but you don't think of that at the time it was like okay what is that why is it there and I just, something told me after, you know, 35 seconds, 40 seconds that staring at it was, it was time for me to leave. And I turned and I beelined it straight out of the bush for the road. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It, I was it, never worried, never scared. I've had a few, actually a lot of people that I've been in contact with have uh, had kind of a similar feeling uh, not not the same experience obviously but a, a similar feeling towards you is like but they weren't scared they didn't need to be scared but for the most part it, it's I, I don't know how that process is in somebody's mind you know because you, you're seeing this thing that's ungodly huge like even the one i with my own encounter like it was just huge 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 and then uh for you to keep your cool like that that's uh that's quite the uh, talent you got there, sir. <laughs> well, it, it's only because I've had two, two other encounters, but I never thought in a million years I would have a third. But when it happened, when I when it stepped out, and I, I could you can tell right away. That's McDonald's. That's Dairy Queen. Like you can tell right away. And I never felt concerned, worried, feared, or nothing. And we it just it it did it wasn't like you know walking into between a mama grizzly and its cubs you just i just knew it was time for me to leave but it wasn't willing to move until it made a move which i believe was a signal telling me to leave oh i got you i got you so when it moved i left do you think it was a little uh oh, peeved that the elk were you know maybe it was kind of blaming you for the elk running away um, you know, I, that's hard to say because, yeah. you know, the when I lost the elk, that was 50 yards up the river, up the creek. 
So realistically, if you're a hunter, you need, you're going to want to be a little closer. So I don't know. I just think I caught it moving, wondering where I was, because it obviously knew I was somewhere. And I just, because when I tucked into that tree, all cameled out, it didn't know, and it was just moving to a different advantage point, and it didn't know I was there. And I caught it. I, I surprised it. How has these um, sightings changed you? Has it affected you by going outdoors less or anything like no, that? No, absolutely not. 100% nope. I'll never change the way I go outdoors. I keep doing it. All I know is, hey, I'm not there to shoot one. I'm there to leave them be. I cause them no harm. They cause me no harm. Because when I saw them, my last uh, encounter, I went and talked some, to some older friends of mine that live there. And I told her that I had seen a Sasquatch. She was like, oh, thank goodness they're still here. I was like, pardon? She's like, yeah, I haven't seen them in like six months. I'm like, really? She goes, I see them. I've been living here for 45 years. We see them all the time. <laughs> and that's when I knew right away that that I know exactly what it was. It, it was no bear. Bears don't stand eight and a half feet tall and put their arms on the trees and stare at you. Did the did the couple say anything else about them? Other than what that when I when she had asked her husband if he wanted to see some video and pictures that I had taken, and he was like, "I've seen them before. I, I I've seen them before, and if you put it on Facebook, I'll kill you." Because <laughs> they don't need the the people going up there, right? They're very quiet, secluded, but. They've been there their whole lives, and they've had 40 years of encounters with them. He even said to me, I'm surprised you don't see them when you're fishing the river. Apparently, they're, they're very common up there. So did you, did you believe in Sasquatch before your encounters? You know, before the encounter, I, I can't say that I, you know, you can't say you believe in anything until, you know, you get some evidence. But they discover new things every day. Every day in the world, there's new things being discovered, whether it's in the ocean or the Amazon. So why not? Why can't there be a migratory, nocturnal, secluded? You know, they just found a new gorilla type up in the Himalayas. Yeah, or wherever just read it that, was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So we're discovering new things every day. And apparently this is not a new discovery. It's been going on for, you know, thousands, thousands of years. Just ask any local native. They have stories about them. Why do why do you think they haven't been caught yet? Well, you know, it's how often do you go in the bush and find a dead bear that you didn't shoot? Oh. If they're dying, they go and crawl under like cats do, and they go and seclude themselves and they die, and you never see them. I I think they're migratory, migratory. I think they're nocturnal, and I I think they they shy away from. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be known. They know how to play the game, but. You know, there's more people on the world in the world now than there ever was. So, and more people are in the back countries, and more people are are running into them because we're out there now, where we never used to be. Yeah, and then there's people like me who are actively searching. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? If you quit searching and you just go out in the bush, you'll probably come across one. Yeah, because I, I don't search for them either. I just go do my thing, but. So do you consider yourself lucky or unlucky when it comes to these sightings? Oh, I'm I'm 100% lucky. 
100% lucky. I would love to be closer to one. Uh, you know, I, absolutely. But do I want any harm to come to them? Do I want them to be pressured or, or have these, you know, yahoos out there trying to catch them or shoot them? Or... No, I don't want that. They have a right to live on this planet just like we do. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, but, you know, if you can get a little interaction and, you know, that that's that's cool. Well, I, I do think that that day is is coming sooner rather than later. I, I think. Oh, 100% yeah. it is. I think it's only a matter of time before they're um, acknowledged as, as a living, breathing creature. So, Well, what, what state in the, in the United States just opened up Bigfoot hunting? Well, that, that, I think they're trying to pass a, some kind of law or a bill that would allow Sasquatch hunts during a season. It just, it's, it's, yeah, but it's trapping, not shooting. Yeah. Something but, like but, that. Yeah. It, but it, I kind of looked through the, some of the articles that were posted about it, and it, it's mainly to try to drive up their tourism. And there's, oh, yeah. no, there's no real basis behind it other than that. And it's just like, well, that's not how I want these creatures to be discovered. I mean, I, I know it's not up to me, but it just seems really heartless. But about also, I, I don't want them to be discovered by someone shooting one either. Like, that's murder. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want any harm come. That's what you know coming to these creatures. But that's why I don't ask people for specific locations unless they want to tell me. But for the most yeah. part, I, I just kind of leave that stuff out. It just it's I don't want them like they deserve respect and you know it, it it's it's a weird kind of catch twenty two. Like you want to know the truth, but at the same time you don't want it done that way, right? So well, ex- absolutely, yeah. You don't want to expose them and you know leave them to harm because you know there's. There's a couple of guys in the shoe swap area that uh, live with live with amongst many different families of them. Yeah, I was just, I had a guy on my show a couple of episodes ago, and if you get a chance, check it out. It was called uh, Oh, geez, my 45 year old brain is failing me here. Uh, it was called It Never Took Its Eyes Off Me. Um, yeah, he had an amazing encounter with these these creatures in the shoe swap, and he actually has a few more that he didn't want to tell on the show, which is fine. But, you know, we've been kind of talking back and forth since then. And I'm right convinced that that one particular area in the Shushwap is, is, has a, a few family units in there. And maybe that's a similar situation to where your, your cabin was located. Yeah, I, I, you know what? And it could be 100%. It's, it's very desolate. It's a long way from civilization. And there's lots of game. There's lots of, of fruit. There's, there's fish. You know, the, the rainbows. They, they spawn in the creeks and you know what I mean? Like absolutely. There's plenty of space for them to live and no one would ever know it. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that, that you think that they're migratory. What, what makes you think that? I just think, uh, I just think that they, they kind they move like they're not to one location. Whether they, I don't think they move provinces or not, but I do think they move to, you know, the high country at the certain time and then into the valleys in the winter time. And you know what I mean? They, they have a pattern that they, they know and they've been taught and they live by it. And that's what they do. So in the winter time, when it's really cold out, they get down into the valleys where the fish are. And the game is below the snow line and they're just migratory, maybe, maybe for food purposes. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with you because just from the, 
few encounters and experiences that I've had. It, it seems to be that way. No, absolutely. And with with my three encounters, it, it totally follows suit for that. Yes. You know, because they're the two times I the first two times I had my encounter, it was in May June ish, and it's a lush, beautiful place to be. But you don't want to be there in winter, and we've never really had any encounters in winter. It's always before September, mid September. Then you, you, there's nothing, and they're they move on and they go to wherever they go. They obviously have a spot where the weather's a little better. It's a little easier to live. Who knows? We mm-hmm. may never know. Yeah. It sounds like they're a little more, more like us in that sense. Oh, Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. they're, they're smart. Yeah. I, oh, 100%, yeah. They're smart. Yeah. I think they're yeah, extremely they're... intelligent animals. And I don't even like using the term animal because I don't believe these things are, are just, um, how do I word this? No. You know, you know how a fish just kind of goes around, eats, swims, and then just yeah. runs on instinct. Whereas humans, we have we make choices every day of how our lives are going to be different. We have purpose. Yeah, and so I think these creatures fall in the same pur- in the same uh, line that we do. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bruce, this was a great talk. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you having me, and I uh, wish you all the best of luck and. I hope uh, people get some encounters, but let them be. Definitely. Definitely. I think if more people like you and more people like me, like us, I guess, started spreading that message a little bit more, maybe the Sasquatch talk will become more normalized and, and the realization that these creatures do need to be left alone as well. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the goal but, of this podcast. So, But, but the problem we have is... Everybody nowadays is becoming more yuppie and there's no more old school in the bush type people because that's too hard of life. You know what I mean? Everybody lives in a condo in a townhouse and nobody has a yard. You got to cut grass and do yard work and plant your garden. So that that's starting to fade. So it, it's tough to get the word out when you're dealing with people that are city folk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you one more question before I let you go. Sure. After your your uh, encounter by the creek there, like or any of your encounters for that matter, like the thought never crossed your mind of, you know, I need to get my gun. Not once did I ever, ever. The first time maybe I was a little bit, okay, it's time for me to leave because I have no idea what that is because I don't smell the wet dog from a grizzly and that's not a grizzly and I don't know what it is and I should probably leave. I left. But the second time and this last one in uh, December of 2020, not once did I feel scared, concerned, worried about my safety or anything else. I guess I Not should have asked all. you before, but did you tell any your friends on the last encounter that you had? Uh, well, I was up with eight different people. And when we got back, uh, some were fishing, some were hunting. We all got back to the cabin that we have and and at a different location. I got different cabins. But the last one, the first thing I did was tell them all. And I showed them all the pictures that I got. And my camera has live action. So you take a picture and you hit your thumb on it, which I didn't even know I had because it's a new phone. It actually has like two seconds of live action Uh and you can see it move. And we went through it for hours and hours and they were, every single one of them was like, hands down, guaranteed, that's 
a Bigfoot. End of story. I'm going to have to come down there and meet you just so I can see this picture. <laughs> uh, it's, um, I'll tell you, buddy, the pictures, I'm just like, the pit, The first picture is just, you could just see the eye sockets and the nose and the, its head and its it, it head and hair just flows right into its arms. There's no shoulders. It's just massive. Oh, I really got to see this. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, we're, we're going to hook up, but I'm willing to show anybody that wants to look at my phone. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a. I had a guy contact me, and, and he might be listening, but he sent me a, um, a couple of pictures. Well, one anyway. That, one that was really clear. You can really tell what, what it was, but under the condition that I wouldn't show anybody else or at least put it out there. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. Yeah, and you got to, when somebody trusts you with something like that, you definitely got to honor it. So I haven't showed anybody like that's not in front of me. Yeah, well, and you, you know, you, that stuff you don't, because next thing you know, you put something on, and then now you got these people up in someone else's territory, running around on, you know, trespassing and doing stuff, and you're just causing people heartache. And you don't do that. That's not what this is about. This is to get the truth out there so people know and respect. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better myself. So. Well, Bruce, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I, I really want to say thank you again for coming on. I really, that was great. That was fascinating. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, let people know, but if you see it, respect it. <laughs> That's right. Um, for the listeners, just hang in there. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. Thanks, guys, for hanging around. Uh, you're just going to help me pull a pin on this week's episode, so... I appreciate you guys uh, listening today. And you know what? I want to say thank you again to Bruce for coming on. That was uh, that was great. You know, we talked for quite a bit after we finished recording. And, and the community that I'm experiencing within, you know, the entire Bigfoot Sasquatch community has been great. You know, I was a little leery when I launched this podcast about, you know, the reception I'd be getting. And, and I'm sure there's probably a few critics out there, which is deservedly so. I'm still growing. But uh, for the most part, I've been met with a lot of success. Or <laughs> success. <laughs> God. I've been met with a lot of support. That's the word I was looking for. I've been met with a lot of support from you guys, and it's great. I, I thank you guys so much. It's uh, it's overwhelming, to be honest with you. It, it, it really does give me motivation to keep this thing going because, uh, you know, I, I'm a busy guy. You know, I got work. I got family. I got grandkids. I've got, you know, life gets busy. But this is uh, a... a a labor of love and i'm glad you guys are enjoying it just as much as i am doing it so uh that kind of leads me into this part if you guys had an encounter and you want to be on the show i can be contacted at nicola valley bigfoot at gmail.com that's n-i-c-o-l-a nicola valley bigfoot at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you guys i am really doing like a, a a real effort to try to get two shows a week done for you guys i would love to have two shows a week uh but in order for me to get that done i need to you guys to chip in and meet me halfway on this so uh, if you have a story and you want to be on the show get in contact with me i'd love to hear from you uh, i know there's a few people out there that have been messaging me and uh i do apologize it's just a, it's been a crazy month crazy month i don't even want to get into it all i really do want to say about it though is that <laughs> i just want life to go back to normal you know <laughs> i'm done with all this stuff so ah, uh, yeah this is a great outlet though so i appreciate you guys listening to me um yeah but like yeah like i said before if you guys had a story or you want to be on the show 
nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Get in touch. Uh, until uh, next episode, we'll have James on. Now, James had a pretty freaky encounter back in 86, hitchhiking to uh, Vancouver. And, uh, and I do have a little bit of a sneak peek of uh, the next episode for you guys, so hang around for that. And uh, until next time, guys, I'll see you guys soon. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Bye. On the next episode of This Sasquatch Show, brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. Something stood up, and uh, it looked at me and Rob, and that's what was moving in the two-foot grass. But it wasn't, it was moving like a soldier would move, like on his belly, like that in that kind of way. Uh,
Get 